InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A generation ago, casual drug use became widespread. What's the attitude of today's parents toward drug use by their kids? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Tom Hedrick is the president and founding member of the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, and he's here to talk about this slippery slope for parents and a survey they recently conducted. Tom, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. I understand the information you uncovered is pretty eye-opening. Yes, it's some and disturbing that we need to change. We've been doing the same survey for the past 17 years among parents because our primary interest is in helping kids make better decisions about substance abuse. And the reason we do so much research with parents is because kids who learn about the risks of drugs from their parents are half as likely to try as those who don't learn. And the sad fact is that we learned from this research this year is that only three out of ten kids report learning a lot about the risks of drugs from their parents. So we're simply not getting enough communication between parents and big brothers and big sisters and aunts and uncles and mentors and children. And we need to do that because that's where kids tell us it's most important that they hear about what they need to do. I understand your survey also talked about parents' attitudes towards the riskiness of drug use. Yes. In this group of parents, average age when they graduated from high school was in 1979, and that happened to be the year of highest prevalence of use of tobacco, alcohol, and illicit substances. So their attitudes when they were 17, 18, and 19 were that it was pretty much the normal thing to do and the socially acceptable thing to do and probably viewed it as not as harmful as we do today with all the new science we have about the effects of those on particularly kids' bodies. To a certain extent, they appear to have carried those less risky and somewhat softer attitudes forward as parents. And that also contributes to probably their being less involved with their kids about the decisions that their kids are making. And one of the reasons I think that that's very problematic, among others, is that it's so much younger age that kids are trying now. The average age today is between 13 and 14, which is in middle school. So today's parents are translating their perceptions of the 70s and early 80s to a very different time today when a lot younger kids are engaging in a lot more dangerous substances. Is all this translating into more drug use for today's children? Well, it's too soon to tell that now. What we're concerned about is that if we don't turn that around, it will. That's one concern, particularly since we are beginning to make some inroads in use of cigarettes and use of marijuana and ecstasy and cocaine and the usual suspects, even along with alcohol. But around the corner, what we see coming is greater and greater tendency of kids to abuse over-the-counter and prescription medicines, and if parents aren't talking to their kids about the things they do know about, we're terribly concerned that the things that they're completely unaware of will go without any attention whatsoever. So we need to get parents to understand their role first and then get them educated about what's coming around the corner. So here's the million-dollar question. If I were a parent who had used drugs in my youth, should I admit that to my kids or not? I don't think there's an absolute right or wrong answer. I think that parents have been very effective doing both. My personal belief is that we should always tell the truth, but we don't have to answer questions that haven't been asked. And I think that the real issue that we parents need to remember is that it isn't about us, it's about our kids. And I think that it's important for them to understand what the expectation is that for our family, non-use 
is what is expected and that there are consequences when those rules are broken. And we don't want them to do it because we love them. And the combination of those two things appear to have, from what kids tell us, enormous impact. I read a comment the other day from a parent who said that, yes, he had used drugs as a young person and times were different then and it used to be morally acceptable and today it's not. But I would say probably his parents in whatever year that was would feel it wasn't morally acceptable then. (laughs) Do you think this is going to hold any water when you're explaining this to your kids? Well, I think a large part depends on this being part of a broader communication pattern between parents and kids, particularly in the troubling period. You know, all this begins to happen in the transition from elementary to middle school. When fifth graders become sixth graders and most sixth graders are now going into middle school is when the explosion of exposure to drugs and all these other behaviors begins to rapidly increase. And being part of their children's lives, knowing who their friends are, talking to the families of those friends and being integrally involved in how they're feeling and being observant of their behaviors and how they're changing makes the entire part of the conversation about substance abuse and drugs an easier one to do. And as my son reminds me, talking sometimes is best done as listening, asking how they're feeling and what's going on and trying to use teachable moments from things that happen locally in the news, for example, are very good opportunities for parents to open up the discussion and do listening first and then do some responding. You mentioned fifth or sixth grade. Is that the appropriate age for parents to begin having these conversations, or does it need to start even earlier than that? Well, I think, again, it depends on the family and the child. I think that medicines and things that kids are taking that they sometimes get confused about when they go to the doctor is a good time to open up the discussion when they start asking questions about these things. And to be general about not taking anything unless it's for a doctor's prescription or is clearly for the benefit of their health is a good standard and good foundation on which to build, particularly today because today there seems to be a trend toward more kids learning through the Internet about abusing non-prescription and prescription medications. Clearly understanding the risks, A, and B, clearly understanding from their family all good programs where parent caregivers, adult caregivers are involved with kids seems to have a similar impact. We're speaking with Tom Hedrick. He's the president of the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, and his organization recently conducted a survey of parents and their attitudes towards drug use by their kids. Tom, you tell me you're the expert. Is a single conversation about this all this necessary, or does this need to be an ongoing dialogue? I think the best way to answer that is from the kids' point of view. The kids tell us in focus groups that we hold almost monthly, all year long for many years, is that they need help in the decisions that they've got to make. You know, somebody, a friend, normally says, do you want to try ecstasy with me? Normally no ill will intended, and they've got a decision to make, and kids tell us that they have to make this decision sometimes three, four, five, six times in one weekend. So I think when parents understand how broad the exposure is, then they will understand that the reminders that they need are frequent and that the more that they can find ways to have the discussion, at least every week as kids roll into the weekend, I think the better off our kids are going to be and the better armed and educated they will feel. And I think it's important to remind parents that kids tell us that disappointing my parents is, if not the top, then one of the two top 
prevention barriers that we have that kids use for not getting involved. So the more often they hear that expectation from their parents, the more likely they are to make better decisions. What was the, you mentioned two top prevention barriers. What was the other one? The other one is clearly understanding and believing that the behavior of taking a drug or these drugs has real negative consequences. The best way to predict how they're going to make a decision is really to measure whether or not they view the behavior as being risky or as being benign. And the extent to which they believe it to be more risky is the extent to which they're much more likely to say, no, I'd rather not do that with you. Tom, before we run out of time, just tell me a little more about the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. I think a lot of people have seen public service announcements and just kind of assume that it's a government agency, but that's not true, is it? No, we work with the government, but we are a nonprofit private sector group of people in the communications industry who primarily work with the media to get credible and persuasive information out to kids and parents to get more dialogue between them so that we can reduce the number of kids who get involved and get addicted, but also help parents get some answers for kids who are in crisis and in trouble. And the media is a very cost-effective and believable way, and as long as the research is sound and the message is based on that research, we find that people react very positively to that. So that's our focus, and that's the reason we do the research that we do so that we can take the opportunity that you've presented us to change the stereotype of what parents often feel, which is that it's not my kid, my child doesn't suffer from a character disorder, which is what drives drug use, and all kids have to make the decision, and this is an issue that is ripe with those stereotypes, for example, that many parents believe that this is an inner-city minority issue, when the research also clearly shows over and over that African-Americans, for example, proportionally do less illicit drugs, fewer smoke cigarettes, and fewer drink alcohol, and it is not about economics, it's about attitudes and about parents informing their kids. And I assume your website has tools for parents as well, right? Yes, that's the other major um, source of information is drugfree.org which has three primary information groups, one for parents and caregivers on working with their kids in prevention, intervention, and suggestions for what families should do in crisis, two to people who are either in trouble themselves with drugs or alcohol or know a loved one who is, and then three for teens who are looking for information and who want to reach out and talk to other teens about their experiences. Tom Hedrick, president and founding member of the Partnership for a Drug-Free America, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you so much for helping us reach out to parents. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.